The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. (laughs) 44-6. I told you this last week. I will say it again. 0-17 is a real possibility with this Lions team. The Browns brown themselves again and are now facing to basically win out the rest of the way. Jackets get the done deed done in New Jersey while the walleye sweep in Iowa. Michigan State is for real. A takedown Michigan. Ohio State is for real. They stumble and win against Penn State. But the big news is that since 2019, the Bowling Green State University football team has not won a MAC game until now. But I have a lot to say about this game. And a lot to say tonight. Right here on All Andy Alford. Right here on the Anchor Network. Guess who's back? All Andy Alford. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Go. That's way back. Put some. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Two, two, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred, right here on your exclusive home for me, and that is the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, with Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast tonight and being a part of the show. As you're listening in tonight, like I said, on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, giving me your time to hear what's happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my everyday life. You could be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElfred. It is at AllAndyElfred as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElfred. So welcome into the program. A lot to get to tonight on this, the first day of November 2021. Lots to get into tonight, of course. We're going to recap the walleye this past weekend. We're in Iowa against the Heartlanders. We'll talk about that that big series for the for the Fighting Fish as they get ready to come home this weekend to take on both Kalamazoo and Fort Wayne. We'll also dive into the Jackets. The Jackets, a big win in Jersey on Halloween night. We'll discuss that as well as some news and notes around the NHL. Also, we'll dive into, of course, the World Series game 
six last night, and Houston's getting back into it, folks, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And, of course, we will talk about what I witnessed on Saturday at University of Buffalo. I got a lot to say about this game, so stick with us. This is going to be a big show, a long show tonight, so if you haven't already, get the popcorn out. If you're on your treadmill, on your walk, put it on a long walk cycle because tonight's show is going to be a rant show, folks, and this is going to start it all off with what happened in the National Football League, and we're going to start with what happened yesterday at Ford Field. You figure that this would be a team that could be that they could win. You know, I looked at this beginning of the season. I looked at this season. I said, "Okay, new coaching staff, a great quarterback, a young receiving core." This is going to be interesting. I know we're not going to win the division, but at least can we win some games? We are not winning games at all. And this is a two-faced team. This is a two-faced team, folks. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. And I just can't I I I just can't take it anymore. I really can't. I'm blaming this season this season it's gone. Lions fans, you think we're going to make the playoffs? Pardon my language, but fucking forget about it. We are not making the playoffs. Don't put any rest into this. And I have to say this to the fans last night that was at Ford Field for that game, and they booed, booed Spielman getting inducted into the ring. You're booing a great player. I will admit that. Chris Spielman, a terrific player with the Lions. He deserves to go in the Hall of Fame. And I commend you for booing the Ford family. I commend you for that. I commend you for doing that. The man deserves a winning product on the football field when he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Not this garbage that is on the field. Jared Goff is not our quarterback. Matt Campbell is not this co- this Dan Campbell is not our coach. Please, for the love of God, the Ford family, leave. Spend some money. I'm sick and tired. I'm tired of losing football every single year. I get laughed at by every single person. I'm getting laughed at by Browns fans. I'm getting laughed at by Raider fans. I'm getting laughed at by every single fan. It's because the Ford family doesn't want to spend any money. They'd rather invest it into the Henry Ford Museum. They'd rather invest it into the health program. And that's great. Invest it into the health program. We need an illage in this team, in this organization. We need the illages to buy out the Ford family. 
Because if they do, maybe, just maybe, they will spend some money. We need players. We can't rely on... We just can't. I'm just sick and tired of it. I am tired of losing football in Detroit. These fans, us, deserve a winning product on the field. I'm sick and tired of it. I am tired of losing. I am tired of checking every Sunday. How are the Lions doing? You know how the Lions doing? Getting emotionally invested into this team. I get myself psyched up every year that maybe, just maybe, they'll surprise me and win a game. Maybe stretch a winning streak together. And every freaking Sunday, and every freaking week, and every freaking year, they just take my heart out and just stomp it on the ground. I can't take any more losing football. We are going to be the team that's going to be both 0-16 and 0-17. Campbell is not the guy right now. He needs a year. I understand that. And golf is not the answer. Golf is not the answer. I'll say it again. Golf is not the answer for us as Lions fans. The defense is atrocious. We need to build defense. We need to build a better team. We need defense wins us championships. Offenses win the game. That's plain and simple. But this is a laughing stock of a team. It's if, uh, if I and the old members of the Bowling Green Radio Sports Organization all threw on Lions gear on and went out on the field. And for just six points yesterday. It's just embarrassing. And like I said, this team is two-faced. They can play tremendously well. Tremendously well. When the lights are on. Last week with the Rams. Right there. Playing with them. Against the Vikings. We're right there. Losing again. The Ravens. Having the game won. And then losing it off a 61 yard field goal. That just killed us. Having the possibility of a comeback. In week one against the 49ers. That brought up a lot of hope for this team. But then we just get, pardon my language, but we absolutely get shit on against the Packers. Beaten and destroyed by the Bears. Absolutely humiliated by Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And then yesterday, a 2-5 and five Eagles team comes into Ford Field and lays out 44 points. 
That's it. That's it for me. They're done. Done. It's over. We might not talk about the Lions the rest of the season on this show. Because I'm not going to put you through this. I am really not going to put you through this. And don't give me the waterworks, Dan Campbell. Don't give me the waterworks. This team and the ownership have a lot of explaining to do. So please, please, please. Martha Ford and the Ford family, get the hell off of my football team. Your husband was fantastic for this team. Don't get me wrong, but it's time to sell. It's time to get rid of the Ford family in Lions football. Plain and simple. If they leave, you watch and see this team takes off. And they will win football games. We need an Illage to come in and buy this team. And then he owns all four portions of the big sports. Pistons, Red Wings, uh, Tigers, and Lions. He owns all four. Put some money into the program. Because the Ford family ain't doing shit for us. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of losing. I know how you Browns fans feel now. You went through an 0-16 and a 1-15 season. I understand that. But listen to me. This is embarrassing. When we lose to the Eagles 44-6, the Eagles ran for four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. That shows you how bad this defense is. That shows you how bad this defense is. Jalen Hurts, for the game, he was 9 for 14 in passing. For 103 yards. His QBR rating was a 93.8. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew had a, was perfect. 2 for 2. Hurts, 7 carries. 71 yards. Scott, 12 carries, 60 yards, two touchdowns. Howard, 12 carries, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Ganwell, 13 carries, 27 yards, no touchdowns. The receiving core, Goldberg, six catches, 72 yards. Watkins, two catches, 18 yards. Smith, one catch, 15 yards. Stroll, one catch, 14 yards. For the Lions. Golf, a good game, but he's not the answer. 25 for 34, 222 yards, no TDs, no interception, a QBR rating of a 17.6%. You can't, he's not the guy. DeAndre Swift having to break out game, 12 carries, 27 yards, no TDs. Jefferson was the only bright spot and the only points that the, the the Lions scored. Two carries for six yards, one TD. The receiving core. Hawkinson, a great game. The receiving core is there. It's just the defense is absolutely atrocious. Ten catches, 89 yards. St. Brown, three catches, 46 yards. Abuke, three catches, 40 yards. Swift, five catches, 24 yards. Jefferson, four catches, 23 yards. 
it's just... And here it is. Here's the overall team stats. The Lions had 15. 15 first downs to the Eagles, 27. On third down, the Lions, 5 for 14. The Eagles, 5 for 10. The Lions, 2 for 5 on fourth down, by the way. Total yards. Here's the big one. 350 total yards for the Philadelphia Eagles. 114 to the air. 236 on the ground. This defense is lackluster and terrible. Terrible. Well, the Lions had 228 total yards of offense. 171 through the air. 57 yards on the ground. Eight penalties for 50 yards for the Lions. Two penalties, 15 yards for the Eagles. A fumble was the one turnover in the game. The Lions were lost in possession. They had 25 minutes even to the Eagles. 35 minutes with the football. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. It's over. So, Ford family, it's time to leave. This is embarrassing. The rest of the way, there's no way. There is no way we're going to win another football game. We have the Steelers in Pittsburgh next in two weeks. We go to Cleveland the week before Thanksgiving. No. At home against Chicago on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Loss. I'll be singing the fight, the Bears fight song on Friday. At home against Minnesota. Loss. Go to Denver. Denver looks good. They're going to beat us. That's a loss. Have Arizona at home. Oh, what's going to happen there? We're going to lose. Have Atlanta. Possibly a win, but Atlanta looks good too. In Seattle. No. And we end against Green Bay. We're going to lose. We're going to go 0-17. We're going to get the number one draft pick. I'm just going to say this. This season is an absolute embarrassment to us Lions fans. And I just want the Ford family to know this. And I hope you Lions fans listen up. If you have to get season tickets next year, don't. If you have to re-up your PSLs for the next three years, Tell the Ford family no. As we're getting close to election day, tell them no. Vote no and no confidence in the Ford family. I am sick and tired of losing football. We are all sick and tired of losing football. This team and this city deserves a fantastic NFL franchise. And what we are devoted to is the laughing stock of the National Football League. It's absolutely embarrassing. And I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I'll get a week off from looking at a Lions football score. Thank God. Because this is an absolute joke. 
I hope that the team and Dan Campbell have a sit-down meeting with everybody and talk it all over. Because something has to click. And the trade deadline is coming around the corner. And I, if I was the Lions, i sell everything. Sell the popcorn vendors. Sell the seat cleaners. Sell everything. Get rid of everybody. Get rid of the Ford family. Get rid of them all. Because this team is a damn joke. An absolute damn joke. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I had to take a sip of something here. Ice cold Pepsi. Which is the official drink of the National Football League. And then served at Ford Field. Sell the Pepsi vendors. Get rid of them all. Let's talk about a positive team. But fell short. And let's talk about the Browns. Let's talk about the Browns. The Browns welcomed in the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time since the Browns defeated the Steelers in the wildcard game from last year at First Energy Steam, a fantastic crowd on hand. I just wish it was a better outcome for Browns fans in this game. And the Browns fall to the Steelers by a score of 15-10. to 10. You look at this game and you look at how you know Mayfield coming back from the injury, Nick Chubb fully healthy into this game. A fantastic outing for Chubby. I love him. Uh, I love Baker Mayfield in this game, and Baker's getting a lot of flack because of this game. I'll tell you, it's twofold in the game. One, it's Jarvis Landry with a missed catch on the fourth down play on the last drive. Him not fully catching the ball and not having the opportunity to you know plan himself cost the Browns the game on Sunday. That's number one. Number two. I have to say it's a little bit of the officiating in this game and I'm not I'm not knocking the officials in this game but there's two calls in this game that should have been took a look at. One is the go ahead touchdown by Pittsburgh in the game. Clearly the guy had one foot in bounds but he was still juggling the ball as he was coming down with the football in the back of the end zone to score the touchdown against Cleveland. That's number 1. Number 2 is what happened on the kick on the kick return that the Browns called. Now the kick return, you could clearly see in the play that the Steelers player's shin hit the football, hit his shin, and ricocheted to the right. The Browns recovered that football, but clearly, clearly, absolutely clearly, was not called and was called on the reception where the guy picked up the where the Browns picked up the football, which would have been which you know for the Steelers, which would have been a possession for the Browns, but clearly it was not. So there's two. That's the two calls. Now let's get to the overall game itself. You know Mayfield, a stellar performance. He was twenty for thirty one for two twenty five. No touchdowns, no interceptions. His QBR rating was a 54. 
Nick Chubb, 16 carries, 61 yards. Johnson, 4 carries, 22 yards, 1 TD in the game. Jarvis Landry, 5 catches, 65 yards, no TDs. Njoku, 3 catches, 39 yards, no TDs. Bryant, 2 catches, 33 yards, no TDs. Higgins, 2 catches, 27 yards, no TDs. Hooper, 4 catches, 26 yards, no TDs in the game. Odell Beckham, 1 catch, 6 yards. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. He was. He was absolutely terrible. For Big Ben in the game, he was 22 for 34 for 266 yards, 1 TD. His QBR rating was a 37.8. Not good. Najee Harris, 26 carries for 91 yards, 1 TD in the game. Claypool, 2 carries, 16 yards, no TDs in the game. John, DeAndre Johnson, 6 catches, 98 yards. The Rocket grounding the Browns. Claypool, 4 catches, 45 yards. Frinsmouth. Four catches, 44 yards. Gentry, three catches, 39 yards. Harris, Najee Harris, three catches, 29 yards. Washington, four catches, one. No touchdowns, by the way. I was uh, Formuth with the four catches, 44 yards, one TD in the game. The overall team stats looks like this. The Browns had 19 first downs to the Steelers, 21. On third down, the Browns were three for 10. That's not going to cut it. Or the Steelers were 4 for 13. They were 2 for 4 on 4th down. The Browns were 0 for 2 on 4th down. The Browns, 306 total yards of offense, 2 tenths of the air, 96 yards on the ground. For the Steelers, they had 370 yards of total offense, 255 through the air, 115 on the ground. Penalties, six penalty, 5 penalties for 30 yards for the year. Browns, eight penalties, 65 yards for the Steelers. The Landry fumble was the only turnover in the game, and that was proved costly for the Browns. Uh, the Browns did not lead in possession as the Steelers won 31 minutes and 45 seconds in possessions to the Browns, 28 minutes and 15 seconds. So the Browns fall to the Steelers and now are in a hole going forward as they now... Go down I-71 to Cleveland, to Cincinnati, to battle the Bengals next week. So that's going to be a big game because they have to win out all the way to get into possibly playing for the division. Possibly playing for the division. As you look at the rest of their schedule, they have the Bengals this week upcoming. They have the Patriots in Foxborough. Then they head home to play the Brown, the, the Lions. And then they have... The Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday night football before they play, before they have the bye, and then they come back home to play those same Ravens. So that is a tall tale sign right there. If they can beat the Bengals, who are pretty much pretty good right now, and they can beat the Ravens twice, then we have an opportunity to say that the Browns are still possibly could win the division. But they have to win out all the rest of the way in their divisional games. So there is that for you. So we'll see what happens. And the Browns, you know, they're not winning meaningful big games. Now, last week with them, without Chubb, without Hunt, without Baker, found a way to get the job done to beat the Broncos 17-14. to But if you look at the other big games, they lose to the Cardinals, lose to the Chargers, they beat up on... They barely win against the Vikings. They beat up on the Bears. They beat up on the Texans, but they couldn't get the job done against Kansas City. 
So this is a telltale sign. And the opening line right now is that the Bengals have a three-point lead. So it's a really a pick em game. So we'll see what happens as the week goes on. So we'll see. For yours truly, this last week was a terrible week in football picking. As I finished 4 and 9, bearing what's happening tonight on the Monday night game. And Kansas City takes on the German. But it's time now for the fastest minutes in sports. It's time to do the recap of week 8 of the National Football League. It's time to talk about Week 8 in the National Football League. And it's time to break down the games. Whoop! We'll start with Thursday Night Football, of course, as it was Kyler Murray and the Arizona Reddish Cardinals taking on the Cheeseheads as it was Aaron Rodgers laying the discount double checks all over the Arizona Cardinals as they snap like a twig. Their undefeated season, 24-21. Whoop! Then we get to Sunday as it was Matty Cool as Ice coming in, hosting the Carolina Panthers who just mauled and teared up the Atlanta Falcons as they beat the Falcons 19-13. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills at Ralph Wilson Stadium and say welcome in the Miami Dolphins. The Bills with Josh Allen at the helm cruised over the Dolphins with a 26-11 victory. Whoop! Justin Beautiful Fields and the Chicago Bears welcomed in the 49ers and Levi's jeans were all over the football field as the 49ers pull up a big win as Fields a terrific game an absolute terrific game 19 for 27 175 yards one TD but one pick he also carried it 10 yard 10 times for 103 yards one TD but it was the Niners finding gold. And they win 33-22 over the Bears. Whoop! We then head down to Indy. Playoffs? Playoff implications? Yes! That's what happened as the Titans welcomed in, came in to Lucas Oil Stadium to battle the Colts. And it was a overtime thriller. But a loss to Derrick Henry. He's done for the rest of the year in this game. A field goal wins it. As it was the Titans. 34. 31 winners over the Colts. The upset special of the day. Took place in the Meadowlands. As the J-E-T-S. Not sucks, sucks, sucks. As Zach Wilson was not in quarterback. As it was all Mike White. Streaking over the field. And beating the Bengals. Mike White. 37 for 45. 405 yards. 3 TDs. 2 picks. 
As Burroughs struggled, 21 for 34, three TDs, one pick. But it was all Jets winning it on a field by a field goal, 34-31 over the Bengals. Whoop! Matthew Stafford headed down to Houston. Houston, Houston. And battled the Titan, the Texans. And it was all Rams in this one. 38-22 as Cooper Cup. A fantastic outing for him. Seven catches, 115 yards, one TD. As Stafford was 21 for 32 for 305 yards with three TDs. Rams 38, Texans 22. And we get to Sunday. The four o'clock kicks as it was the lightning bolts. The Tiger Chargers taking on the New England Patriots in SoFi Stadium. And it was the Chargers falling apart. Bill Belichick in the hoodie getting the job done. As Adrian Phillips loses the way. His pick six propels the Patriots to the big win. And they dethrone the Chargers. 27-24. Herbert, 18th for 35. 223, two TDs, two interceptions. We head up to the 12th man in Seattle. With Russell Wilson not being at the helm. It was an interesting one to say the least. As Urban Meyer... And his Jacksonville Jaguars come in with Trevor Lawrence. 32 for 54 for 238 yards. One TD win, one interception. But it was Geno time. 20 for 24, 195 yards, two TDs, including one to top Lockett. 12 catches, 142 yards for Lockett. As it was the Seahawks to the 12th man. Leading their way to a 31-7 win. Urban only having one win. Could he be out? We shall find out. Whoop! We head up to Mile High. Where I need some oxygen, please. As the Washington football team heads to play the Teddy Bridge over Trouble Water. Denver Broncos. And the Broncos... Blocked two field goals in the game. And Melvin Gordon, a tremendous game. Two TD, gets his second TD of the game. Ten carries, 147 yards. One TD on the ground, one on the air. And bridge over troubled water. Teddy Bridgewater, 19 for 26. 213, one TD. Heineke, a good outing, 24 for 39, 270 yards, one TD, but two picks. As it was, the Broncos, 17, 10 victors over the Washington football team. Whoop! The big game of Sunday, of course, as it was Tampa Tom. And the Buccaneers heading into Mercedes-Benz Superdome to battle the Saints. And Jameis Winston is done for the year. ACL, MEL out. And the Saints overcome the injury with a huge win. 36-27. As it was Trevor Simeon. 16 for 29, 159 yards, one TD. 
It's Alvin Kamara, 19 carries, 61 yards. Help it out with his one TD. But Tommy Boy, 28 for 43, 75. Four TDs, two interceptions. And one of those TDs was good, good Godwin. Eight catches, 40, 140 yards, one TD. The Saints are marching down the field with a 36-27 win over the Bucks. We get to Sunday night football on this trick-or-treat evening. As it was the tackless Dallas Cowboys taking on Cook Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Dallas proving yet again they can win without Dak as Cooper Rush. Killing it. 20 for four, 24 for 40. 325 yards, two TDs, one interception as Zeke was eating up the Purple People Eaters defense. 16 carries for 50 yards as Amari Cooper, eight catches, 122 yards, one TD. Helps out the Cowboys. Get past the Vikings, 20 to 16. Tonight, of course, Monday Night Football. As it is a German taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. That game starting up at 8.20 on ESPN. And that will conclude week 8 of the National Football League. We then head to week 9, which will start Thursday. As Indianapolis, 3-5, and five, will take on the J-E-T-S, Sucks, 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 Jets. India, 10.5 point favorite in the game on Thursday. I'll take the Colts to start it off. Hopefully getting me my first win. After all, I'm 4-9 this week in my, in my week 8 picks. It's one of the worst weeks I've had since last week. I will never again pick the Lions to win another football game because they won't win another damn football game. So this has been... Week 8 recap of the National Football League right here on All Andy Alfred. So you just heard Week 8's recap of the National Football League right here on All Andy Alfred on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast tonight. And now let's dive into the college game, of course, we're going to start first and foremost with the team out of Wood County. And history was made twofold in this game. Of course, we're talking about the Bowling Green Falcons. Big win over Buffalo. But controversy started it all off in the third quarter of this game. Courtesy of CBS Sports Network. Scott Luffler still... Pleading his case for stuff going on on that last drive as the Bulls CS Skaters have the fourth best rushing offense. How will that factor in during the timeout? Powers go. The second unsportsmanlike conduct foul was called against against Bowling Green head coach. That 15-yard penalty will be assessed on the kickoff. The Bowling Green head coach has been disqualified and ejected for the remainder of the game. Wow! So Scott Leffler joined still after that. Second unsportsmanlike penalty. The first one happened on the last drive. Another one happened as he continued the conversation. 
And that's massive. He's the play caller for this Falcons offense. I'm not sure he knows that he has to leave. He is the offensive play caller. I don't know what Bowling Green's going to do if he really has to leave. Charge timeout. Bowling Green, the first of the half. He kept it going with referee Jeremy Valentine. Again, we showed you some of that. Step for step with him. I never saw the second flag thrown. Well, in a game that's had some stunning plays and moments, this would be the topper. I don't know that I can remember seeing this where the head coach gets ejected, his team's up 11. And now somebody else has to call the plays because he's the play caller. Scott Leffler's going to head towards the locker room. You see one of his players coming out to help pull him back. It's Terion Stewart. Yeah, that was earlier. I I just never saw the second penalty, and I don't know what the second penalty was for. I never saw anybody throw a second flag. Ross, college basketball, you see this happen a bunch, right? But as you mentioned, you remember seeing this before in a college football game? I I can't remember the last time I saw a college football head coach ejected from a game. But the real issue is this creates all kinds of problems for Bowling Green. This isn't basketball. He's their offensive play caller. So you just heard Ross Tucker... And uh, I forget the guy's name, the uh, main play-by-play guy. They called the game for CBS Sports Network. And yes, that is absolutely true, folks. Scott Leffler, the play caller, the head coach of the Bowling Green State University Falcons, our Falcons, was tossed out of the game after his second unsportsmanlike conduct call. He becomes the first coach to be tossed out after two unsportsmanlike calls and Bowling Green oh okay I'm going to stop I'm going to stop everybody right here before I continue on let's talk about this game first and foremost let's recap the whole game okay so Bowling Green in this game it started off with Bowling Green Absolutely dominating the first quarter. Sims on the first play of the game, on the one of the first plays of the game, Christian Sims, an 81 yard touchdown pass from Matt McDonald. It's 7 0. I'm like, ooh, 7 0 early lead. I liked seeing that. They continued to step on Buffalo. And what Shut down plays by the defense, which was absolutely great to see. They get the football again at the 331 mark of the first quarter and score another touchdown. It's Embry, a one-yard touchdown, makes it 14-0 after 15 minutes of play. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, interesting. Buffalo makes it a 14-3 game at the start of the second quarter with a 50-yard field goal. 
But then BG answers right back with another touchdown from Christian Sims from Matt McDonald. It's 21-3. I'm like, ooh, good. But then Buffalo turned on. They Mike Washington, a 14-yard touchdown run, makes it 21-10. But BG then capitalized it again as Tyrone Bolden, a 64-yard catch to put it into the house. And at the half, Bowling Green was up 28-10 in this game. And this is when everything started to turn. The third quarter was just the difference maker. It was all Buffalo in the third quarter. Dylan McDuffie, a two-yard run. It made it 28-17. And then Matt Myers, a three-yard touchdown run. They go for two points, and they fail on it. It's 28-23, and that's when Leffler gets tossed. Out of the game. The running backs coach becomes in for this one. And BG turns it on. Broden gets a 30-yard return catch from Matt McDonald. It's 35-23. Buffalo then answers right back with Dylan McDuffie getting a 13-yard touchdown run. It's 35-30. BG then Terion Stewart a huge 77-yard touchdown run. Makes it 42-30. to Buffalo right answers back as Matt Myers gets a 10-yard run, making it 42-37. And then Terion Stewart, again, a big yardage and getting a 20-yard touchdown, making it 49-37 with 2 minutes and 12 seconds to go into the fourth quarter. Buffalo ties, gets it close with a 49-44 of a Dominic Johnson's 4-yard run. But then how about this? A little salt in the womb. They kick the they go for the onside kick. BG recovers. Mac McDonald goes into a victory formation. He fakes the knee and runs it in for 42 yards for a touchdown. And that was the final. Bowling Green 56. Buffalo 44. Bowling Green's first Mac win since 2019, ladies and gentlemen. BG getting the job. Done in the game. Absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. The line was Buffalo 13 and a half. 13 and a half. In the game. 12. 12 point difference. Love it. I love it. So screw you Rico Bosco. Not a real rider. 13,163, so 43% of the stands were filled. The capacity of the stadium was 30,270. For the game, Matt McDonald, gem, 13 for 19. Four TDs in the game for 263 yards. Stewart, 11 carries, 170 yards, two TDs. McDonald ran the football Five times for 39 yards, the one TD at the end of the game, of course. His big run was the 47 yards. Patterson, two carries for 15 yards. Receiving core, Broden, four catches, 110 yards, two TDs. Sims, five catches, 103 yards, two TDs in the game. The defense was stacked pretty well. For Buffalo, it was Myers, 12 for 24, 239 yards. He got injured uh, in the game. He had one TD, one interception. His QBR rating was a 52.5, by the way. McDonald's 82.2%. So Ventrice came in. He was 5 for 10 for 38 yards. One interception for him. 
McDuffie, 34 carries, 166 yards, two TDs in the game. Washington, one carry, 14 yards, one TD in the game. Uh, Johnson, four catches, 96 yards, one TD in the game. Now, here's where I have a little bit of a beef. The penalties killed Bowling Green, and it was showing right there. They had the most penalties in FBS history on Saturday. They had 15 penalties for 177 yards. That is just, and two of those penalties, of course, were from Scott Leffler. By the way, Bowling Green had only 11 first downs to Buffalo's 36. On third down, Bowling Green was 4 for 11. Buffalo was 8 for 19. BG a perfect 100% at fourth down. Buffalo 2 for 3. Bowling Green had 484 total yards of offense to Buffalo's 499. Of the 484 for Bowling Green, 263 through the air, 221 on the ground. For Buffalo, 277 through the air, 222 on the ground for 499 yards. Buffalo had two turnovers in the game, and those were the two interceptions. Buffalo led in possession 38 minutes and 14 seconds to BG's 21 minutes and 46 seconds. So Bowling Green... A huge, a huge win. They get their first MAC win and now sit on a bye. Let's take a breath. Let's get refocused because we have a huge game next Wednesday night. A huge game. The Battle of I-75 is next Wednesday night. I am ecstatic for this matchup. Both teams not that good this year. UT is playing for a bowl game. Bowling Green is not. Bowling Green has to win out the rest of the way to get into a bowl. They really do. They have to to be the 6 and 6 to get to the 6 game bowl eligibility. So, Wednesday's game against Toledo will be our bowl game, technically. Because we have at Miami of Ohio, and then we finish up at home against the Ohio Bobcats. So, this is a huge, a huge, a huge game going forward. Uh, Leffler has not yet done the press conference for this week because, of course, it's the bye. But we do have his post-game comments. You'll hear from him and how uh, how proud of his team he was of his team, and you'll hear a little bit about what the game plan is going forward uh, coming into this bye week. So here is the post-game comments from the ejected coach Scott Leffler, and uh, we'll be back to give you. I'll give you a little bit more analysis of this game. But here is Coach Leffler post-game. After Bowling Green's big 56-44 win over the Buffalo Bulls. We had big explosion plays. We ran the ball better, which was great. And uh, defensively, with all the injuries and everything, I think uh, they did a great job. So it was um, a great uh, win. And, uh, you know, last week we had such a disappointment because we uh, weren't taking steps forward. We took some huge steps forward today. And um, super excited for our team. And uh, we need to take the next steps. We had a great practice on Wednesday. Uh, we need to make the, make Monday and Tuesday look like that and, and uh, you know, build some great habits and have a chance to, uh, to keep this football team improving. 
With so much stacked against this team, particularly in the second half, how did this team find the will to pull this off today? Well, they, they had confidence. Um, you know, this team, what we got to work on is whenever the game doesn't start like it did um, right now. I mean, that was unbelievable. Our fast start, you know, we need to work whenever we're down 10 and we're being able to fight and respond that way. But that's youth, that's young, and uh, we'll... Uh, We'll keep working at our guys, but I'm super happy for them. Delighted. Like, I'm so happy for them. It's unbelievable. They made steps. Big plays came up plenty, too, today for this team, something that this team had struggled with in the past, but how did they pull off those big plays? Yeah, they finally connected, and, uh, you know, we talk about competitive ex- excellence in practice, and uh, Matt was able to practice all week, all week long, which was huge. Uh, he's been... Very limited reps on Wednesday, very limited reps on Thursday, and we had to get him to the game. His body feels better, and, uh, you know, we were able to connect on some plays. It was great. It was exciting. Emotional moments in the third quarter. Is there much of a comment? Kind of what You know what? Um, um, it's a great learning experience for every single person that was involved. And, um, you know, i got to do things better, um, but I also know exactly exactly what was said and exactly what was done and uh, but uh, you know as the leader and all that uh, I got to be better but I think it's a great learning experience for uh, for um, every single party involved here that defensive pass rush got going again too we were mentioning maybe last week that that was struggling that weren't quite getting home last week but that changed this week yeah I thought they did a great job and um, I'm happy for all our kids I thought they battled and uh it was nice to see them have some success. Tyrion was unbelievable on the ground today. I mean, uh, you know, over 170 yards rushing. You know, him coming back from injury, you missed a few games there. How important has he been to your, not just your ground game, but your entire offense as a whole? Tyrion, uh, our week didn't start out as great as it, we wanted to, and uh, uh, he responded completely in the in the right manner. And uh, he had a really good uh, end of the week with practice. And... Um, you know, he, he really he earned the game and, and played really well on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He did an unbelievable job. And, uh, you know, when you practice well and you go full speed and you do things the right way, normally you got a chance to have some success. It doesn't guarantee you anything, but it gives you a chance. So super excited uh, for him and our, and our team. I think our offensive line battled. and. Um, did a nice job. Buffalo had 11 sacks last week, and you know early on it looked as if you guys were trying to get the ball to the outside of the perimeter to um, you know get Matt those opportunities just to get the quick game going. You know was that the deliberate game plan, or did that kind of just come along today? We knew uh, that we had to uh, we had to uh, use multiple protections in this game. Their defensive ends are great, and the guy that's hurt is even better. I mean, he's out for the year, and he is a ridiculous DN. They've had traditionally uh, great DNs here, so we we had a a thought of uh, chipping the ends. We had a thought of getting the ball out quick, movement in the pocket. Uh, At times, we were sliding to a particular guy. So, you know, I thought our plan was good. The kids executed it, and uh, our staff did a nice job uh, uh, in the third and fourth quarter for sure. Go, oh, real quick, going back to the concept of emotion, you know, winning a game as emotional as this one was, you know, what does that mean in terms of the growth for your team? How does that help that growth, and, and could it accelerate it at all? Yeah, I mean, it, we, we're constantly, you know, we're, we're put put this game to bed tomorrow after we watch the tape, and then it's on to uh, um, the I-75 game, and uh, 
So um, you know, we're just going to keep trying to get better. Regardless, we win, lose, or not, we want to see movement in the program. And we saw movement today, and I'm super happy for our coaches. I'm super happy for our players. But because uh, last week was our first time that we were disappointed this year in terms of uh, we didn't have a lot of pride. We didn't compete and uh, tasted and felt like last last year. And now this tastes and feels like it's supposed to. So, you know, of course, there's uh, some positive game from this win. How important is a week off and a little extra time to prepare a coach? Yeah, oh, my gosh. These guys need it more than anything. You know, they're so young. They're so beat up. And uh, this will be a great opportunity. We're going to be really, really smart. Normally, when you have a young team like this, you know, you're – you're hesitant to give time off, but uh, they need it, and we're going to. Um, we're going to be really smart in these next four days in particular, what we do with them, and then uh, get ready to uh, to play Toledo. So we just heard the head coach at Bowling Green State University, Scott Leffler, after he was ejected in the third quarter from the football game. And I, I'll just say this. Uh, a lot of people were on his case on Saturday after he was ejected. Uh, I know Jordan Strack was uh, made a tweet saying if Bowling Green would have lost this game, there would have been a lot of question marks on Scott Luffler and on the coaching staff and everything like that. And I agree with what uh, Strack says. I agree a lot on what Strack has been saying lately about this team. Um, I'll just say this, too. Uh, the amount of penalties that this team gave up on on Saturday shows you the lack of leadership that this team had. Uh, it's a young team, you know. The amount of penalties besides the Leffler penalties, which were thirty yards off of that pel off of those penalties in the game. Uh, the penalties again. So if there were one hundred and seventy-seven penalty minutes, you take thirty penalties off of that. They had one hundred and forty-seven penalties. Yards and penalties on this one. So they had at least, at least 13 penalties for 147 yards, not counting the Leffler penalties. Um, that's just not that's not acceptable, in my opinion. It really isn't acceptable. And, you know, we should see what's going to happen going forward. I, I wonder if the Mac is going to look into him if since he caught it on his sportsmanlike conduct. That causes for him to not be on the field for a, for a few sets, but he was, but he's a coach. I don't know what the the plan is with that. So if you know a plan, if you know what what's going on with that, I know I'm reaching out to a few of my friends that listen to the podcast in the sports departments. Uh, let me know because I I I don't know what the situation is for a coach that gets kicked out of a game. Does he have to sit out a a a, a, a quarter or a half? Like it usually is for a player, or is this just um, because he's a coach? He just sits out for the remainder of the game. I don't understand. So uh, riddle me that, Batman. Riddle me that. So let's see what happens. But Bowling Green off this week. They have the bye. It will be next Wednesday night. We don't know the time yet for the game against Toledo. Toledo takes on Bowling Green at the Doit next Wednesday night. And we are going to make an announcement Friday on Falcon Friday on what will be the plans for yours truly and the show that Wednesday night. We will not have a show next week, early in the week. We will have a special edition of all Andy Alfred from the Doit. 
for Bowling Green versus Toledo next Wednesday night. We will do the show. We're looking to do the show at the joint, but we're we're just finalizing details here and there. So stick with us. Stick with us. Plain and simple. As you're listening to all in the offer tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's recap the rest of this weekend's college football slate, including the big game up in East Lansing. We'll talk about the big Michigan, Michigan State game. So it's time to look at week nine of the college football slate, of course. And we'll start first and foremost with the recap of the top 25 before we dive into the big 10 games. Of course, the big Michigan, Michigan State game going forward. But let's recap the top 25 at Cincinnati. The Bearcats a big 31-12 win over the Green Wave of Tulane. It was Baylor a big 31-24 win over Texas. Miami, Florida getting the big 38-34 win over the 17th ranked Pitt Panthers. Iowa State headed into West Virginia and the Mountaineers getting a big 38-31 win over West Virginia in the Cocktail Bowl. It was number one, Georgia, routing over the Gators 34-7. Oklahoma, a big 52-21 win over Texas Tech. The Oregon Ducks continue their quack, quack, quack through the the Pac-10 as they cruise to a 52-29 win over Colorado. Wake Forest stays undefeated with a 45-7 win over Duke. Auburn upsets number 10-ranked Ole Miss 31-20. And Mississippi State. Mississippi State with Brandon Walker gets the 31-17 win over 12th-ranked Kentucky. Oklahoma State a big 55-3 win over over Kansas. SMU falls to Houston. SMU 19th ranked in the country. They fall to Houston 44-37. Virginia gets shellacked by the BYU Cougars who are 25th ranked in the country 66-49. Fresno State upsets San Diego State with a 30-20 win. And, of course, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on a Saturday night at Irish Stadium getting a big 44-34 win over North Carolina. In the Big Ten slate, before we get into Michigan State and Ohio Michigan, Ohio State and Michigan State games, it was Iowa falling to Wisconsin 27-7. Iowa, they're done. They're done. Uh, Indiana falls in their game to Maryland 38-35. Rutgers a 20-14 win over Illinois. It was Purdue getting a 28-23 win over Nebraska. So that sets up the two games we want to talk about right now, and that is the big one that took place in East Lansing, and that was Michigan versus Michigan State. As six-ranked Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines Headed into East Lansing to Spartan Stadium to take on Mill Tucker and the 8th-ranked Michigan State Spartans. And I believe this game will go down in history as one of the best games I have ever witnessed in my entire life. It is top five in this in my time of watching football. Michigan State hammering it out back and forth. A shootout. Michigan holding strong in their game. McNamara, 28 for 44 for 383 yards, two TDs, one interception. But it was Thorne, 19 for 30, 196. He threw two interceptions in the game, did not have any chance 
on the throwing side, but it was Walker all day. He had a Heisman moment, in my opinion, and he's now the front runner, in my opinion, for the Heisman. 23 carries for 197 yards, five, count it, five touchdowns in the game as Michigan State, eighth ranked in the country, defeats Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. 33-37-33. Overall, Michigan State had 20 first downs to Michigan's 26. Michigan State had 395 yards of total offense, 196 to the ground, 199, 199 on the ground, 196 to the air. For Michigan, they have 552 yards of total offense, 406 to the air, 146 on the ground, 7 penalties, 75 yards for Michigan State, eight penalties, 59 yards for Michigan. Michigan State did not lead in the time of possession, 25 minutes and 10 seconds to Michigan's 34 minutes and 50 seconds. On third down, Michigan State, four for 13, a perfect two for two on fourth down. Michigan, eight for 17 on third down, one for three on fourth down. So Michigan State, a big 37-33 win over Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. We then head to the Saturday night game of the week. It was Penn State traveling to the shoe in the Scarlet out as Ohio State. A big game in this one as it was uh, C.J. Straw, 22 for 34, 305 yards, 1 TD in the game. Henderson, 28 carries for 152 yards, 1 TD in the game. Smith Najava, six catches, 97 yards. Sean Clifford was 35 for 52 for 361 yards, one TD, one interception in the game. Love it. 13 carries, 20 total yards as Ohio State beats up on Penn State 33 to 24. The overall stats, Ohio State had 22 first downs to Penn State's 27. On third down, Ohio State 5 for 14, Penn State 11 for 16. Uh, Ohio State 1 for 2 on 4th down, Penn State 0 for 1. Ohio State had 466 total yards of offense, 305 through the air, 161 on the ground. For Penn State, they had 394 yards of total offense, 361 through the air, 33 on the ground. 10 penalties for 74 yards for Ohio State, 7 penalties, 56 yards for Penn State. It was the turnover bug for Penn State, 3 turnovers, 2 fumbles, and 1 interception. Ohio State led in possession 30 minutes and 10 seconds to Penn State's 29 minutes and 50 seconds. So Ohio State, a big 33-24 to 24 win. We now head into Week 10 of college football. Big slate of games, of course, as it will all start tomorrow as Maction begins. Yes, I said it right. Maction begins. We begin the weekday games in the Mid-American Conference as it will be five games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Three on Tuesday, two on Wednesday as it will be Ball State traveling to Akron at 7 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Ball State 4-4, four and four, Akron 2-6. and six. Ball State a 20-point favorite. I will take the Fighting Football Cardinals of Ball State. Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks travel to Oxford of Oxford travel to Athens to battle the Ohio Bobcats. Bobcats one and seven. Miami of Ohio four and four. Seven thirty kick on ESPNU. Miami of Ohio a seven and a half point favorite. I'll take the Red Hawks in that one, which sets up also the big one, a must win for the University of Toledo as 
They're four and four. They welcome in the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Eastern Michigan five and three. Toledo a nine-point favorite in this game. I am actually going to take the Eastern Michigan Eagles. I think after what I witnessed against Bowling Green, they are they look very, very good. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan to upset Toledo and beat them outright in the game. Wednesday slate, Central Michigan 4-4 four four versus Western Michigan, who's 5-3. Western 10.5-point favorite, 7 o'clock on ESPNU. I'll take the Broncos. Of Western Michigan. Northern Illinois travels to Kent State. Northern Illinois 6-2. Kent State 4-4. Four four. Kent State a 3.5 point favorite in this game. I'm actually going to take Northern Illinois. 7 o'clock kick on ESPN2. So of course like I mentioned. Buffalo and Bowling Green off this week on a bye. Also some Mac news to pass along to you. Of course it looks like it will be official on Friday. Two teams will be added to the Mid-American Conference. One will be the Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky, WKU, will be added to it, as well as Middle Tennessee. The Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee will be added, as well as, as the Conference USA is being disbanded. A lot of their teams are going to go to the American or into the new Big 12. So Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky headed to the Mid-American Conference. So... Looking forward to seeing some new blood going forward. Also, by the way, Top 25 was released in the AP pool. We'll also get on Tuesday the first college football rankings, but the Top 25 looks like this. Georgia at 1, Cincinnati at 2, Alabama at 3, Oklahoma at 4. Michigan State moves up three spots to number 5. Ohio State falls one spot to 6. Oregon at 7, Notre Dame at 8. Michigan's now at 9, Wake Forest at 10, Oklahoma State's at 11, Auburn's at 12, Texas A&M's at 13, 14th ranked is the Baylor Bears, 15th ranked is Ole Miss, uh, Utah, uh, University of Texas at San Antonio is at 16th, BYU 17, Kentucky is at 18, Iowa now at 19, Houston is at 20th, Coastal Carolina is at 21st, Penn State is 22nd ranked, SMU 23rd ranked, uh, Louisiana, Louis, University of Louisiana is 24th ranked, and Fresno State is 25th ranked in the country. So there is the top 25 AP, and like I said, we'll have the college football rankings out. If my rankings look like this, the number one team will be Georgia. The number two team is Oklahoma. Three is Ohio State, and four is Oregon. So there is that for you. So Oregon would play Georgia. Alabama would play Ohio State. I'm sorry, Cincinnati fans, but I just don't have faith in the Bearcats. As you're listening to all of the offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into the fall classic. Of course, the Braves are one step closer to lifting the Commissioner's Trophy. Hi again, folks. This is Andy Elford, the host of All Andy Elford. I want to talk to you today about my good friends down at the Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store. This is it, folks. Have you liked their Facebook account? Have you? If you haven't yet, then what are you waiting for? Be a part of our friends and family deal. Yes, the friends and family special is here. It'll start this Thursday, and it'll go from Thursday to Thursday 
30% off your total purchase by just liking our Facebook page and showing it at the counter. And that's 30% off all the Christmas products. 30% off all the beer glasses that you're going to need for the big UTBG game, as well as Ohio State in Michigan. For all your entertaining purposes for Thanksgiving, 30% off. Yes, it's for one week only. This Thursday to next Thursday, you got to get into this one. This is the big sale. Visit our friends down at the Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store, 205 South Erie Street in the Warehouse District. Remember, Libby Glass Factory Outlet, set your table right. As Friday night, the Braves getting a big 2 nothing win over the Astros, leading the series two games to one. When we went off the air on our Falcon Friday edition, they continued that run on Saturday as they beat the Astros and winning 3-2, taking a 3-1 series lead. They tried to finish it last night in Atlanta, but unfortunately the Astros getting the much better of the Braves as they're now 3-2 in their series, headed back to headed back to Atlanta, uh, headed back to Houston on Tuesday, 8.09 first pitch for that one as it will be the Astros versus the Braves in Game 6. Game 7 will be, if necessary, on Wednesday, the 3rd of November as it will be the Astros and the Braves. So can the Braves get the job done? I just hope it is not another one of those Atlanta teams' curses going on like it was in the past. So... We'll see how that all breaks down as uh, we hope that the Braves get the job done. I still said the Braves in six. It's looking like that's going to be the case, but knock on wood. We'll see what happens right here on all Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's dive into the National Hockey League and let's talk a little bit about our team out of the capital city, and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on all Andy Alfred. And it is time for the Jackets report. Last time we talked, the Jackets fought, fell to the New York Rangers 4-0 at Madison Square Garden on Friday night. They continue their three-game road trip on Sunday night. On Halloween, they headed into Frank Fleming's New Jersey Devils to see them play the Devils. A good game on hand for that one as the Jackets started off the... Started off behind as it was Johansson, his fourth of the season from Brett and Subban. It was one nothing, New Jersey before Oliver the Maestro Bjorkstrand getting his fourth goal of the season on the power play from Voracek and Line, tying the game at one at the 11:55 mark of the first period on the power play, and then Patrick Line beating the goaltender from the Devils in Wedgwood. Beating him on a slap shot. It was 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. The assist was Savorachek. It was 2-1, lining his third of the season. So he finally scores a regulation-sized goal 
So it's good to see Patrick getting on the front, but, you know, the bug finding the back of the net in, a regular, in regulation, it's good. In the second, Mercer getting his third of the season from Subban, tying the game at two apiece, and then Dougie Hamilton getting his second of the season, making it 3-2 New Jersey at the 9.54 mark of the second period from Paza and Herscher. And it was 2-3-2 after 40 minutes of play. And then in the third period at the 14 minutes and 35 seconds mark of the third period, Boo Jenner steals a pass that was airmailed. He beats two New Jersey defenders and buries it past Wedgwood, tying the game at three apiece. And the Jackets get a point out of it as they go to overtime. Transition back and forth and back and forth. Nobody scores in the overtime. We head to a shootout. Corpusalo stopping the first one. Bjorkstrand missing on his attempt. Doug Hamilton missing, getting blocked by Corpusalo. Liney a miss. Mercer gets missed, but Voracek. The game winner on the backhand, scoring, beating Wedgwood and the Jackets in a shootout. Beat the New Jersey Devils 4-3. to three. three stars of the game, Warcheck the number three star, Subban the number two star, Dougie Hamilton the number one star. Shots on goal in the game, the Devils had 39 shots on net to the Jackets 26. The Jackets were 55% on the faceoff dot to New Jersey's 45%. The Jackets 1 for 2 on the power play. New Jersey 0 for 3. Jackets out hitting the Devils in the game 14 to 12. They out they both tied in blocks at 19, while the Jackets had only eight giveaways to the Devils 11. The both teams had 21 uh 21 takeaways. Uh Wedgwood in the game for him. He stopped. 23 of 26 is save percentage of a point eight eight five for uh Corpusala stopping 36 of 39 his save percentage of a point nine two three so the Jackets getting uh two big points in New Jersey I'll take that I will definitely take that as the Jackets went four three in New Jersey they now head to the mountains to slope it up with the Colorado Avalanche Wednesday night nine o'clock puck drop for that one. They will then head back home on Saturday to take on the same Colorado Avalanche. And they will continue a big homestand, which will see them play Colorado on the 6th. And then they'll basically have a week off. They will then play Washington on the 12th, the Rangers on the 13th for a back-to-back. And then they will welcome in the Detroit Red Wings on the 15th of November, 7 o'clock puck drop, before they head to the West Coast to battle the Arizona Coyotes, the Vegas Golden Knights, and then they come back to the East Coast to battle the hot Buffalo Sabres. And looking at the standings going into tonight's play, it looks like this. The top three teams in each division. In the Atlantic, it is the uh, it is the Florida Panthers at a perfect 8-0 and and 1 with 17 points. Buffalo 5-2 and 1 with 11 points. The Red Wings are 4-3 and 2 with 10 points. Metropolitan Division looks like this. Carolina a perfect 8-0. Washington 5-0-3 with 13 points in second spot. The Rangers 6-2-1 with 13 points. Wildcard standings look like this. The Jackets holding the first wildcard position at 5-3-0 with 10 points. The Philadelphia Flyers 4-2-1 with 9 points. Outside looking in, Devils 4-2-1 with 9 points. Tampa 4-3-1 with 9 points. Toronto 4-4-1 with 9 points. Boston 4-3-0 with 8 points. The Islanders 
three, two, and two with eight points. Pittsburgh three, three, two with eight points. Uh, it is the Ottawa Senators at three, four, and zero oh with six points, and the Montreal Canadiens at two, eight, and zero oh with four points. Western Conference looks like this. It is the St. Louis Blues the top spot in the Central at six, one, and zero oh with twelve points. Winnipeg four, two, and two with ten points. Minnesota five, three, and zero oh with ten points. The Pacific looks like this. It is Calgary at 6-1-1 one, one with 13 points. Edmonton at 6-1-0 oh with 12 points. San Jose 5-3-0 oh with 10 points. The wild card sees the Anaheim Ducks at 4-3-3 three, three with 9 points. Uh, Nashville 4-4-0 four, four, oh with 8 points. Colorado on the outside looking at 4-4-0 four, four, oh with 8 points. Same with Vegas at 4-4-0 four, four, oh with 8 points. Dallas 3-4-1 with 7 points. The Kings 3-5-1 with 7 points. The Seattle Kraken is 3-5-1 with 7 points. Vancouver 3-5-1 with 7 points. And the two teams that have not recorded a win yet are the Chicago Blackhawks at 0-7-2 with 2 points. The two overtime losses, they got them 2 points. And Arizona, who is 0-8-1 with only 1 point. So the Jackets taking on uh, Colorado on Wednesday. Games happening tonight. Actually, it's getting ready to get underway here in just a few minutes. Lightning in at home taking on the Capitals. It'll be the Senators and the Hawks. Then the 9-30 game tonight will be Seattle in Edmonton to battle the Oilers. So that is the news and notes around the NHL. Let's talk a little bit about the ECHL, of course. The Walleye, a huge weekend, a absolute huge weekend this past weekend as they took on the new team out of Iowa, that is the Iowa Heartlanders. They outscore the Heartlanders in two games by a score of fifteen to six. As fifteen, yeah, fifteen, fifteen to three. My apologies, fifteen to three, as they won on Saturday night, ten to one. On Friday night, on ten to one. On Saturday, the Fish getting a big 5-2 win over the Heartlanders in the game as they beat up on the Heartlanders 5-2. Uh, the overall game summary looks like this. Uh, the Fish, another hat trick in the game. It was all, it's all Fish scoring two in the second, three in the third. Iowa scoring their only two goals in the second period. The Walleye out shooting the Heartlanders 41 to 28. Penalty minutes. Uh, the Walleye were one for four on the power play. Iowa 0 for four. Christopoulos stopping 26 of 28. It was Hunter Jones stopping 36 of 40. So the Walleye a huge win in in Iowa. The first start goes to Cole Galak. Uh, second was Marcus Valena, who had the hat trick. The third star goes to Hunter Jones. So that was a great game on hand. Like I said, Morala having three goals in the game. He scored his. He scored in the first, the third, and twice in the third, as the Fish beat the Heartlanders by a score of five to two. Cincinnati got blanked on Saturday night by the. Indy Fuel 6-0. It was Kalamazoo, a big 4-3 win over the Fort Wayne Comets. Wheeling a winner 6-5 over the Stockton, Th not Stockton, but the Wichita Thunder. Uh, games going forward Wednesday night. The Fish will be in 
Indianapolis to battle the Indy Fuel at the Farmers Coliseum. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. Thursday will be the Iowa Heartlanders will take on the Cincinnati Cyclones at Heritage Bank Center. And then the Fish will play Friday night at Kalamazoo. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one before they return home to the Huntington Center for Saturday night's game at 7.15 as they will take on those same Kalamazoo Wings. Sunday night they will take on the Fort Wayne Comets. 5.15 puck drop on that one. We will be there for opening night this upcoming Saturday night. Uh, we're looking to do a little meeting, uh, like a little bit of a hangout before we head over to the Huntington Center on Saturday night. We're going to be over at the Frickers right there, right next to the ballpark where they're going to have the Winterfest. We're going to have a, you know, few of us will have will have a table there we're going to have some dinner come and join us before we march over to the huntington center to see the fish in their first game in over 700 days at the huntington center so looking forward to the start of the season be there with the wife by the way the poll results are out and unfortunately there will be no tuxedo this year for opening night it will be a jersey we don't know yet i don't know yet i might pull out the walleye jersey i might pull i know i'm gonna pull out the gold digger jersey on sunday night for the kalamazoo for the uh fort wayne game uh but the opening night we'll see what what jersey i'm gonna pull out you have to wait to find out or have to come out and find out as you're listening to all in the offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight as we have now hit the end of our podcast tonight, and it's now time for Andy Rants. It's now time for Andy Rants tonight, and I want to thank you so, so much for tuning into the podcast tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every Monday or Tuesday. And every Friday is a Falcon Friday right here on All Andy Alfred on our Facebook page. So find us on our Facebook page. You'll see the event tab, and you'll see that our sh- when our shows are going to go live. Uh, we have big shows this week, of course. We have the Falcon Friday edition on Friday. And, of course, we will have the opening weekend for the walleye on Saturday and Sunday at home at the Huntington Center. So... It's going to be a great weekend of shows. And then, like I said, next week we will not have a all Andy Alford on Monday or Tuesday. We will save that all for Wednesday night as Bowling Green takes on Toledo at the Doit as it will be the Battle of I-75 at Bowling Green. We don't yet know the game time for that one. We're planning on setting up maybe a possibly of a tailgate we don't know that yet. We're going to wait until the time for the game has been released before we make our final judgment call on that one. So there's some housekeeping notes for you on that. Also got to make mention of this too. Our good friends down at the Libby Factory Outlet Store. You got to make mention of this. It will start on Thursday. It is the Friends and Family Sale. Go on to the Facebook page, which is Libby Factory Outlet Store. Libby Factory Outlet Store. Like the page. And scroll down. You will find the friends and family tab. And you show that at the checkout stand. You'll save 30% off your total purchase. That's right. 30% off your total purchase. If you're headed down to the walleye games on Saturday and Sunday. Stop in and see the good people down at the Libby Factory Outlet Store. Remember they set your table right. They set mine. 
a lot quicker. So uh, uh, it's time for Andy Rants tonight. And it's not much of a rant because I went on the huge rant on the Lions tonight. Of course, if you haven't heard about the rant on the Lions, please, 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 please go see, listen to that. The Ford family has to get rid, gets out of the NFL. They just do. They just do. It, it, it's got to be done. And so there's that for you. Uh, let me give you a little heads up, too. We had a great turnout for trick-or-treating. We had about 40 kids that come at, come out. And growing up as a kid, and this is my Andy Ranston, growing up as a kid, all of our houses around the neighborhoods used to decorate and give out candy at Halloween of the block that I but I grew up on, there was only two houses, our house and one other house that was giving out candy. And that's just a shame. It's absolutely a shame. Growing up as a kid, Halloween was one of those days where I was so looking forward to, you know, cruising the neighborhood, you know, seeing everybody in their costume and enjoying enjoying the holiday. And to only have two houses on our neighborhood is just absolutely sad. It's just the fact that, you know, a lot of people are new to the neighborhood. There's no real camaraderie to the neighborhood. You know, and we decorate our our family house at Christmas time. And uh, this year it's going to be no different. Uh, I'm going to decorate it over a thousand lights, hopefully. Uh, we're going to, we're in the process of getting that all set up and getting ready to see what color we're going to, what colors we're going to do this year if we're going to do Multicolor, or if we're going to do clear, we don't know quite yet, uh, but we'll see. We'll absolutely see. So it just hurt me more that I, there was not that many people handing out candy, and I wish that our neighbors would and neighbors and more people would get out candy because it's not just me. I talked to other people, and you know they said that the, a lot of kids didn't go out trick or treating, and of course it's because of it being on a Sunday. And a lot of kids getting ready to go back to school. Last year, it was on a Saturday. A lot of kids went out trick-or-treating. A lot of people were out. And it was like one of the big first events after the big COVID scare that we had. And, you know, Halloween is a perfectly distant, social distance holiday, in my opinion. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I just, you know, I wish that we would get more into. I wish we would get more into it. But, of course, that means that Christmas is right around the corner so buble is fully defrosted he's already in my cd player it's beginning to look a lot like christmas that's going to wrap it up for all andy for tonight right here on the anchor network i hope you enjoyed the podcast we will be back for our falcon friday edition even though bowling green is not playing we will still have our falcon friday edition of the program getting you set up for week 10 of the college football season and week 9 of the National Football League. So until I talk to you on Friday, this is Andy Elfer saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life, keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you were for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets! Get the job done against Colorado. Go Walleye, get the job done against Indianapolis and Kalamazoo on Friday. Go Falcons. Congratulations. A big win. Rest up. A big matchup against the UT Rockets. Go Eastern. Take care of the Rockets so we can be ready for them next week. Go State, Michigan, and Ohio State. Go Browns. And now I'm not going to say the other team. Victory is sweetest when you 
have tasted defeat. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, Not a great weekend, but have a great week, everybody. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alpha. Go Braves! I love you, babe. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at All Andy Elford. Facebook.com slash All Andy Elford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.